This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, fellow investors, and welcome to Invest Talk. This is our Thursday, May 7th, 2020 edition of Invest Talk. And as we start the program today, I can say that there is some good news to go along with the bad news. And obviously, there is 33 million now unemployed people in the US, and that's definitely awful. But some states are beginning to reopen, and hopefully, we get some economic activity back online, some jobs returning. And unfortunately, it's not going to be all of them, but, and, and that is troubling, but it is, it is a start. You know, we have to start somewhere. And from what it looks like is the non-city centers are where the, it's pretty free uh, to, to open because uh, it's a lot harder to spread when you have less population density, right? And so I think that's where we're going to start. And uh, the, the more population-dense areas are the ones that will be slower to get going. And the market is re- still trying to figure out where the next phase is headed. Is the next phase headed to slow reopening without an acceleration in growth of cases? Or will the reopening cause an acceleration of growth? Or maybe we don't see the acceleration of growth until the flu season, right? We're getting into the deep into the spring months, right? We kind of started this on the cusp of, of spring. Now we're what about halfway, a little over halfway into spring. Summer is just around the corner. Uh, we know that the sun weakens the virus. So that certainly should help to some degree. The big question is to what degree? And also to what degree will people come out and congregate and commence economic activity. We know before the shutdown, if you looked at open table reservation volume, it was down on average about 50% year over year, which means that, which means that people were scared before people were curbing their activity beforehand, right? And that's a big issue, that people will continue to stay home. They will continue to self-isolate. And what does that mean for economic activity? Like I said, jobs, earnings, spending, consumer spending, and the massive number of unemployed. So for investors, what happens with stock market can be can in large part determine uh, you know, where their future portfolio returns come from, right? Because a lot of people are invested in index funds. And, you know, we've kind of warned against that right now that this is not an area that's likely to do well. Indexes are likely to be dragged down overall. Doesn't mean there is an opportunity. There absolutely is opportunity in the marketplace. You just have to be very choosy. Now, I know you have a broad range of financial investment questions, and I will do my best to provide unbiased answers each and every weekday on Invest Talk. I'm sure you want strategies to help you deal with that volatility, and that's what we are here for. So I'm ready to take your questions at 888 99 chart, 888 992 4278. 
I'm Justin Klein, and through this Invest Talk radio program and podcast, I can help you become a better investor. That's what uh, Steve Peasley and I are dedicated to do. Dedicated to doing, excuse me. And we do that by implementing a philosophy of independent thinking and shared success. And, you know, we all have uh, different goals, and there are different investment strategies out there, and there's different investment advisors. And we dedicate ourselves to unbiased guidance. We only recommend investment strategies that we implement for ourselves as well. It's called parallel investing. Now that things are lined up and ready to answer your live investing questions at 888 chart That's our anytime listener line. So the phone lines are open right now. Now due to COVID, COVID, excuse me, 19 stay in place orders, we've postponed indefinitely our, our work trips. However, you can still set up a one-on-one consultation over the phone or via Jive meetings. Anytime, you can go over to investtalk.com, hit the Contact Us button, and schedule a time. Now, my main talking point concerns permanent job losses, sorry, temporary job losses becoming permanent job losses. And that's a a, a big issue that we're we're certainly going to face. We're also going to touch on how the coronavirus is impacting the mortgage market, the real estate market in general, and also gold. What typically correlates with gold prices? And you'll be interested to know that it has something to do with government debt. Shouldn't shock anybody, but uh, we're going to touch on what those figures are. And then lastly, how do the low yields impact retirement planning overall. So those are the things that are on my docket for today, but ultimately I want to know what is on your mind. So give me a call, 888-99-CHART. Let's touch on the market real quick. We had a positive day overall, but once again, for the third day in a row, we had a late day sell-off. And that is telling me that the market wants to head lower. It's trying to rally. It's trying to rally off support, but it's just consolidating. And I think we could be just a, a week or so away from the n- commencing the next down move. We're still in this uptrend, but it's holding on by a thread at the moment. Let's go to Jacob in Virginia. He's looking at Cincinnati Financial Corporation, CINF. You looking to buy it or do you own it? You there, Jacob? Uh, Justin. There you go. Yeah. Yes, sir. So you're looking you at Cincinnati me? Financial, correct? Yes, sir. Um, I, I bought it yesterday when the stock went down. Um, they're being threatened with a lawsuit because they sell casualty insurance to businesses. But I figured it's a good long-term play because uh, the governor announced that 90% of Ohio's economy is going to open up this week. Um, so I wanted to ask you about it as a long-term play. Well, just because the economy is opening up doesn't mean they're not without liabilities, right? Uh, companies are incurring massive losses, over the next couple of the last couple of months and if they have to pay if to cover those losses they have to cover that gap then they could be in deep financial waters and that's what the uh what the market is telling you right this has gone from 114 dollars in late february all the way down to 55 dollars a share now their balance sheet is is not too bad but what do those liabilities look like they could be very massive so uh, I, I I would stay away from it. Uh, I just think you're you're trying to catch a falling knife at this point, right? It's in steep decline, and I would pass on it. I just don't want to have any uh, exposure there. And when 
there's likely going to be a second wave, especially in Ohio, where there's often very cold winters and uh, flu season can be pretty bad. So uh, I would absolutely stay away from this uh, this name. Uh, I, w- I would move on, look for something that has good relative strength to the overall market. And this one absolutely does not. So I would definitely pass on Cincinnati Financial. Now you're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Justin Klein. And yes, we have installed new audio equipment designed to make our sound much clearer. So luckily, we have set that up. We're doing some tweaking still, but uh, things are, are moving along. So uh, we're very happy about that. So we thank you for your loyalty and as we work through these audio issues. But now I'm here and I'm ready to provide unbiased answers to your finance and investment questions at 888-99-CHART. The COVID-19 pandemic has forced millions of people to stay home, which is getting in the way of everyone's normal exercise routine. Gyms are closed, people are stuck inside, and tightness and stiffness are afflicting us all. This is the perfect time to focus on your personal health and wellness. And I know you have heard me say this before, but recently I discovered this great product to reduce my pain and stiffness caused by sitting too long at my desk doing research and talking to clients. It has 13 all-natural ingredients and is sold in hundreds of doctor's offices, pharmacies, and gyms, and spas throughout the country. This muscle rub made by Quanta, a publicly traded applied science company, has patented technology proven to supercharge key ingredients and make them perform five times more effectively within the human body. It is optimized to drastically reduce both pain and inflammation naturally. I know this sounds too good to be true, but they have the white papers to prove it. I use their various health and wellness products every day and find a host of different benefits. Additionally, for a limited time, listeners of our program can receive promotional discount pricing at buyquanta.com. Use the promo code INVEST to save 20% on your first order. In fact, Quanta is so highly confident you'll be pleased with their products. That's why they offer a money-back guarantee if you aren't satisfied with the results. Again, simply use the code INVEST to save 20% at buyquanta.com. B-U-Y-Q-U-A-N-T-A.com. This is Invest Talk. Steve and Justin have just recorded a new Rapid Fire Hour. At a faster pace, you can hear answers to 29 caller questions. The podcast download is free. Go to investtalk.com, search April Bonus Show. Let's go to John in Santa Cruz looking at Dow Chemical. You looking to own it or do you currently own it? No, I'm looking to buy it, and uh, for the dividend, wondering if the dividend, if you feel it's safe, um, and the price too, yeah. if it's a good price to buy it at. Yeah, I, I uh, we actually, uh, yeah, this is not a name that I would, I would be in. Uh, there, we were struggling before this. Earnings uh, were down 23 percent in the fourth quarter of last year. And mm-hmm. our, and revenues were down 15%. Now, in the latest earnings, they were only, revenues were only down 11%, but earnings were down 40%. So they came into this ah. in a tough situation, and it's only getting worse. And not only that, but they have about $18 billion in debt. They have a pretty heavy uh, debt load, and their payout ratio is negative 123% because they're, they're now losing money. Right, net income trailing 12 months is negative a uh, billion seven. So, uh, I would absolutely pass. Remember, 
Dividend investing isn't about the dividend yield. It's not about the dividend yield. I know that's an easy thing to focus on, but that's not how you invest for dividends. You look at the underlying company and it needs to have strength. And this is the epitome of weakness. And I would absolutely pass on Dow Chemical. Thanks for the call, John. 88899 chart, 88992 4278. Now, the coronavirus pandemic is certainly changing the way we look at a lot of things in our economy from going into offices to versus working at home. I'm sure there's going to be a shift to some degree there, but also real estate and how houses are sold, how mortgages are commenced right? And this could be a permanent shift in that side as well. Now, certainly increased digitization is one, right? Where I remember I helped my mom buy a house, uh, 2012 and we went and, and we literally sat there for, I don't know, two hours signing documents and it was just crazy. Uh, now certainly there's been a shift with DocuSign and other, uh, electronic signature, programs, but that's only going to uh, increase uh, across the board as well. So companies like DocuSign, even though you know, DocuSign is expensive right now, definitely a name that uh, looking at longer term and there, there are other competitors as well. So that's certainly one shift. Second is helping customers stay in their homes. You know, lenders aren't just in the business of lending. They're also in the business of having that paid back as well, right? They don't want to foreclose on your home. They don't want to own your home. They want you to keep paying your mortgage. So you've had 3.5 million forbearance requests so far, which as long as they don't default, I think banks are fine with that, right? Because they, you're still accruing interest over those months that you're in forbearance. It's just they get the money later and they actually collect more interest over time. So banks don't mind that as long as you go back to paying. The issue is that half roughly is expected of those people that are in forbearance are going to default on their mortgage. And that's the big issue here. Now, luckily a lot of people or a big part, most of the mortgage market, I think it's over 97% uh, are Fannie and Freddie related mortgages or backed mortgages. So very few are in the private market. Uh, the lending standards have gotten much better. So I don't think that's going to be a source of crisis, should I, shall I say, uh, in this environment. Uh, but certainly the broader economic environment will drag down uh, the housing market. And then lastly, servicing. Servicing borrowers, uh, utilizing artificial intelligence, chat boxes, things like that, you're definitely going to see that used more uh, in order to service customers, uh, especially those who are in trouble. Ladies and gentlemen, Talk. I'm Justin Klein. During these times, you might find you have some additional time because you aren't commuting. You can head over to investtalk.com and check out our free InvestTalk Rapid Fire Hour bonus show for the month of April. We answer 29 questions at a much quicker pace. So go check it out over at investtalk.com. And now I'm taking your questions live at 888-99-CHART.
You are listening to Invest Talk, and some states are reopening. So, how quickly could our economy come back to life? You've got finance and investment questions? Call Invest Talk, 888 99Chart. Let's go to Art in Menlo Park. He wants to talk about cryptocurrency. Hi, Justin. Thanks for taking my call. No I just wanted to find out um, if there are any um, ETFs that uh, have like a, a basket of uh, cryptos. Well, I know GBTC is the Grayscale Bitcoin Trust. That one uh, just invests in, in Bitcoin. Uh, and frankly, if I was going to buy cryptocurrency, I'd want either want Bitcoin or I'd want one that uh, has back gold backing, which I, I, I think is probably the future. I do think one day if you can combine cryptocurrency with gold, I think that's the, uh, that's the holy grail. Um, and, and on top of that, adding some sort of uh, transactional network that is reliable uh, is probably something that we'll eventually get to. Uh, how many years down the line it is, it's hard to say. Um, but uh, if you wanted exposure there, GBTC would be the uh, probably the best way to go. Right. Um, I have another question for you. Uh, do you know what the... Um CCY, is that uh, an exchange, you know, or? CCY, I'm not sure what, what that is. In relation to cryptocurrency? Yeah, that, uh, usually I'll, I'll enter uh, BTC, US, USD, and then it'll come up uh, CCY as far as the exchange goes. I'm not sure what that means, but um, good luck. Thanks, Art. Let's go to Saeed in Oakland looking at Alibaba. Do you own it or looking no. to buy it? Hello? You there, Saeed? Yeah, this is Saeed. Yeah, hi. Uh, yeah, I have a question uh, regarding the e-commerce. Um, looking to buy Alibaba. Uh, the uh, earning is coming up uh, uh, next week. So I wonder I'm if it's too late. What that means, but uh, you're back. We are actually short Alibaba. Uh, we shorted at about $104.46 was our, our average price. Or sorry, $204.46. And uh, we did that last week. So definitely don't like Alibaba. I would be short it. Uh, I don't like the Chinese names. I think every Chinese company listed on our exchange has some level of fraud in it. And I've, uh, you know, it, it, they're just too opaque. I think that's the first easiest way to start cracking down on China or the backlash uh, would be to make these companies that are listed on our exchange be audited just like all the other companies in the world. There's too many frauds. You know, the Luckin Coffees of the world, there are too many of these that are basically stealing Americans' money, right? Stealing investors' money, going IPO on our exchange not having the proper protocols and, 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 uh, and accounting, and the fact that regulators just look the other way and allow these Chinese companies to stay on our exchange is just crazy to me. It's not like there's been one fraud. There's fraud after fraud after fraud coming out of China, listing on our exchange, listing on our exchange and it's extracting money from Americans. So, uh, and just inve generally investors all over the world that are investing uh, in, in American markets, right, U.S. markets. So uh, I think there's definitely some level of fraud within Alibaba, uh, one of the reasons why I short it, and I think you're going to start to see legislation cracking down on 
these Chinese uh, listed names here in America. And so uh, that's part of the thesis, uh, as well as a slowdown in the Chinese economy. So uh, definitely be short Alibaba. I would not own it. 88899 chart, 88992 4278. Let's talk a little about gold. Now, the US government is on a huge borrowing binge. In fact, they're set to borrow over $4 trillion this year. And as you could probably guess, it is good for gold. And in that environment, when treasury debt outstanding is rising dramatically, gold tends to do very well. Now, when the year-over-year -year increase in treasury issuance goes over the 90th percentile, the 90th percentile, meaning you know, there's, there's a range that tends to, treasury issuance tends to, to rise and fall in, right? And if it's over about the 18% level, year-over-year, -year, gold returns about 13% per year. And it typically rises about 79% of the time, meaning 39 out of 43 instances. So only four times, uh, going back to 1984, has it, has it not. Okay. And the last time we saw something similar to this was obviously 2009. And gold did very, very well. Right From 2000, uh, I mean, it really took off starting in 2000. Uh, you know, you ha started having the Iraq war, right? Our, our, our deficit, or sorry, our surplus in the late 90s started turning into a deficit and gold really took off from there. Now our deficit started dropping in about 2012 and that's when gold started to decline, right? And having its sell-off. But now it's starting this re-acceleration. So this is one of the big reasons why we think gold is the, the best place to be. Treasury is borrowing $3 trillion this quarter. And the deficit, according to the Congressional Budget Office, which is probably conservative, is that the deficit is going to reach $3.7 trillion this year. And I, I can almost assure you it's going to be over $4 trillion, which would break the record of 2009 of $1.4 trillion. And our national debt is now over $25 trillion. Now the next invest talk, the story economic... An economist said to have a perfect record at calling recessions. Best story tomorrow, give me a call at 888-99-CHART. Numbers are elusive. But if it goes to zero, do you lose all your money? They're always changing. Their debt-to-equity ratio is fairly low. Invest Talk listeners know it's all about the numbers. I'm 82. I'm interested in knowing what the recommended withdrawal rate would be. So the questions keep coming. Hi, Steve and Justin. I'm question regarding real estate. Everything counts. I was wondering if you could shed a little bit more light on ExxonMobil. Jason, El Segundo, how you doing? Let's go to Robert in San Leandro. He wants an ETF follow-up. Steve Peasley and Justin Klein, thank you for your continued support. I really appreciate your insight and your understanding of the market and financial business. Since it all started, the total number of InvestTalk downloads has now exceeded 22 million. Hi, Steve and Justin. I've been listening to you guys for two years, and I absolutely love your show. InvestTalk.com.
You are listening to Invest Talk. The COVID-19 pandemic has turned everything upside down. But are we now seeing some light at the end of the tunnel? You've got finance and investment questions. Steve Peasley and Justin Klein have answers. Call Invest Talk 888-99 chart. Let's go to Jay in Florida. Let's talk about real estate. Hey, how's it going? Going you well. Know, I've going been calling well. the show a lot, but I never really spoke to you, Justin. So it's a pleasure to finally speak with you. How are you doing? I, I'm doing pretty well. You know, it's a, it's a crazy world we're in, but uh, definitely interesting and uh, definitely a lot, a lot of opportunities. <laughs> That's kind of cool. You know, being that you know you're a real estate person and you have the double, uh, I would say, knowledge of being uh, an investor in stocks. I was wondering, do you use or is there such a thing as a index symbol to um, measure the price of homes like um, in, in analogous to um, like the Dow Jones? You know how the Dow Jones has a symbol, the S&P has a symbol, and you can judge yeah. the overall price of the market with those kind of uh, symbols. Do you have that in real estate and – Personal question for you, being that you have that double knowledge, do you use it to buy real estate if there's any kind of correlation to the market? And do, is there like some kind of correlation where, uh, for example, let's say the stock market was to fall, how long would it take for the housing market to fall if there's any correlation? I know that's a lot. So. Yeah, well, there is actually the when you said Dow Jones, there's actually a Dow Jones U.S. Home Construction Index. So uh, on my charts, it's dollar sign DJUSHB, so U.S. Housing Home Buyers, I guess I guess would stand for. So DJUSHB. So if you want to look that up, you can you can track it. Uh, And now that only tracks the home construction industry, so it's not looking at you know, existing homes, which is the vast majority of the market, but it tends to track it fairly well, right? And uh, so I definitely look at that. Now, do I look at it to time the, the, the housing market? Sure, I can g- definitely give a sense of whether uh, the trend is, is better or worse. Uh, and now when you're looking at particular markets, it's it takes a little while. It takes three to six months typically for some sort of economic weakness to start to feed into prices, right? So anything you're seeing in the market right now is not seeing this full effect of the economic slowdown. Why? Because they're using comps that were well before this shutdown. And so you're going to start to see this impact more towards the the latter part of the summer. And I would say actually probably into the, the, the fall and winter. That's when I think you'll see the, the bigger impact on, on the housing market in general. Now, a lot depends on where you are, right? I, I think this is going to impact bigger city centers more, right? There will be less people willing or wanting to move to more densely popu- populated areas. Now, that might be a short-term thing versus a long-term thing, but I think that's certainly going to be the case in the near term, uh, as well as I think it's going to affect higher-end markets to the downside more than kind of your mid-tier markets. So. I would absolutely, uh, I, I, I do use those things and it, it, there will be a delay on housing. Uh, and uh, yeah, so I guess that does that answer your question, Jay? Oh, yeah, man. That, that was very interesting. 
I just wanted to pick your brain about it because, um, you know, it, it's kind of like you have a very unique perspective of the market being that you know both of those avenues. I, I, I don't know both yeah. of those avenues. So, um, yeah, that's, that's a great, that was a great answer, actually. Thanks. Thanks, Jay. And yeah, I, that's, that's, it is helpful. You know, lot, most real estate agents out there, they're just after that transaction, right? Uh, and, but uh, buying a house or even a rental can be a big financial commitment. So you need to make sure, and that's why I got my license, because I made sure that our clients are educated properly. They look at the their real estate holdings in context to uh, their entire financial picture. So it's very important. And I have agents throughout the country that I work with uh, that uh, I can consult with uh, about particular markets. And so if anyone else out there, out there wants to talk specifically about you know their decision, you can reach out to me at besttalk.com. We can set up a call and discuss that a little bit further. Thanks for the call, Jay. Let's go to Masi in Kansas. He has a, also has a question about Alibaba. Hello. Yes. Yes. Uh, I'm thinking to buy the stock Alibaba for a long term, but I don't know if it's a good time to buy it before the split or after. Well, if you listen to my, uh, if you were listening to our last call, I, we're short it, so we do not like it. Uh, I do not like Alibaba. Um, their their business is weak uh, because of of this COVID nineteen. Uh, I think the Chinese economy is likely to. Uh, be weak for some time because of this, and uh, I think there's going to be a shift to crack down on Chinese listed companies. And long term, I think deglobalization is going to hurt the Chinese economy and thus Alibaba. So I am definitely against owning Alibaba. We are short, meaning we have bet on the decline of Alibaba. So far, we're up, uh, you know, three or four percent, but. Definitely, I would pass on Alibaba. I'm Justin Klein. You're listening to Invest Talk. We are now in a time when it is imperative that you obtain unbiased guidance and experience market analysis. So I encourage you to consider subscribing to our KPP Premium newsletter. It's written and distributed every single Friday. Now, in that newsletter, you get valuable information such as weekly market analysis, portfolio management guidance, and stock ideas as well. You can subscribe anytime at investtalk.com. And now I'm ready to take your questions live at 888-99-CHART. This is Invest Talk. Steve and Justin have just recorded a new rapid fire hour. At a faster pace, you can hear answers to 29 caller questions. The podcast download is free. Go to investtalk.com, search April Bonus Show. And now the phone lines are open. Steve and Justin welcome your calls. 888-99-CHART. Yes, my name is Pam from New York. I'm wondering about allocation in my 401k. Given the current economic cycle, which is, appears to be a recession or a depression, I'm wondering how to allocate my money in my 401k, whether I should be looking at value or I should be looking at growth stocks, whether I should be looking at large cap, or I should be looking at mid cap, or I should be looking at small cap stocks, if I should be looking at international, or if I should be looking more in the domestic market. Thank you very much. Goodbye. Well, you would be a great candidate for our active 401k uh, program, which uh, 
it will rank your current holdings or current options based on the fees, the past performance relative to its peers, and the current market conditions, and then your risk tolerance level. So it's hard for me to say which one you should allocate to uh, compared to the others without understanding what type of risk level uh, you want to take. So that would be uh, a great way to go for, for you. Uh, if I was going to go with one or the other, it'd be large cap uh, U.S. stocks. But, you know, once again, you're indexing. That's what's tough. The, it, the government has really put 401k investors at a big disadvantage. They mandated indexing. They've mandated it and focused solely on, solely on lower fees and does not give anybody flexibility, right? How many people have gold exposure, are able to get gold exposure within their 401k? Almost none. It is by far the best asset class to own right now, but the government has forced employers not to have it in their plan. And it's really, really sad. It's another way that it's uh, put employees at a disadvantage, and it's tough. And it's really saddens me. Uh, I wish that I could change it, but obviously I'm not a lobbyist, so... I can't do that, but the vanguards of the world, their lobbyists definitely got that in and got uh, everybody indexing, which you know in this environment is going to be very tough. I'm Justin Klein. Oh, actually, we've got another live call. Let's go to Jess in Stockton looking at Taiwan Sem oh Jeff looking at Taiwan Semiconductor. Yeah, hi Jester, thanks for taking my call. No problem. Now, Taiwan Semiconductor yeah, I, is one of the largest semiconductor companies in the world, $270 billion market cap. Revenue is up 45% last quarter, earnings up 95%, so clearly doing well, and the relative strength about 86, so holding up much better than the overall market. Do you own it, or are you looking to buy it? I, I do own it in a, in a balanced portfolio, and uh, mm -hmm. just want to know your opinion on... Uh, holding it long, you know, for the long term? For the long term, I like it uh, the, because, because it's one of the most consistently profitable cash-flowing chip companies in the world, and it's up there with one of my favorites, uh, definitely on our watch list of companies that we want to, to own for clients at the right price and in the, in the right type of market. My issue in the near term is that it's semiconductors, and semiconductors tend to be fairly cyclical. Like I said, this one is definitely less cyclical than your NVIDIA's and AMD's of the world, but because uh, they have chips in all different types of, of products. So very broad diversification of their portfolio. Um, so definitely one of my, like I said, favorite chip names out there for the long term. Um, the near term, like I said, could have some, some downside uh, just because of the, the the economy, but it would be a name that I would be adding to. You know, I I think it's about fairly priced here, maybe slightly overpriced. You know, not too dramatically, but a little bit. I would love it around the thirty five to thirty dollar level. That's where I would absolutely buy it hand over fifth fist. Um, but you know, at these levels, it's uh, it's a little bit overvalued. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks for the call, Jeff. 88.99 chart, 88.992, 4278. So you get through. We have about 10 minutes left in the show. 
So if you're going to call, you want to do it ASAP. Now, unfortunately, what started off as furloughs and temporary layoffs are starting to become more permanent. And you just look at a wide swath of large corporations from Boeing to U.S. Steel. They're downsizing dramatically. Uber just announced uh, yesterday that they're eliminating 3,700 jobs, about 14% of their staff. Airbnb cutting 25% of their staff. Alcoa laying off 700 workers. Uh, Boeing is laying off 16,000 employees and about 10% of its workforce, which is about 10% of its workforce. Uh, you know, they're, they're raising a bunch of capital uh, to stay in business. And they don't anticipate the aviation industry returning to the same type of demand for three years. So you're having, as these shutdowns go on, there are companies just going out of business or right-sizing their costs. You know, costs of kind of over the years of economic activity, economic growth, not great economic growth, but some economic growth, companies have allowed their organizations to kind of blow it up with costs. And this is an opportunity for them to slim down. And this is why I don't think the unemployment rate is going to get back below 15% until maybe 2022. I think not only are people scarred by this, but companies are going to be scarred by this. And most of those layoffs are going to be permanent, at least for the foreseeable future until we get through this and there's some understanding that we're getting back to normal life, meaning going to restaurants, having sporting events, you know, kind of phase four of the relaunch, right? Now let's keep going. I can squeeze in another caller question before the break about real estate. Hey, Steve and Justin, this is Gabe from California. Love your show. I think it's the best show out there. I want to ask you a question about my overall portfolio. I own real estate investments like, you know, like the rental properties. So I'm wondering, can I use that? sort of like a fixed income exposure for my overall portfolio? Like instead of buying bond ETFs in my retirement income, if I have real estate, wouldn't that sort of act as a bond and, and it's more consistent? You know, if that's the case, maybe have a lower exposure to my bond income since I own more real estate? General overall question regarding my overall portfolio. Love to know your thoughts. Thanks. Keep up the great work. I like the way you're thinking. It's, I, would, I would think of it in that way uh, because – that's what real estate should be. If you're a real estate investor, you should be about the income and the consistent income. So if you feel like your your real estate holdings is are, are, are long term and they are steady and consistent, especially you know if they're still paying rent right now, they're probably steady and consistent over the long term. Uh, your your focus isn't on big increases in prices of the, that real estate. Now certain pockets of Good economic activity and good economic growth will have real estate price increases over time. But I actually think we're in a period now where you know, rates are near generational lows. And so there's only room for rates to really go up right, over the long term. And that's going to retard the growth of the underlying price of real estate in general. Like I said, in general. And so when you're looking at your real estate holdings, you want to be having positive, consistent cash flow. And hopefully that's north of four, five, six percent. Otherwise, you know, you can probably do better 
in fixed income and do it uh, not in a leveraged way. So you have to, you, I like the way you're thinking of it as fixed income for you because that's what it is basically is, right? It's fixed income that maybe grows a little bit over time uh, and you can now have more equity exposure on the stock side. So I like it. This is Invest Talk. I'm Justin Klein. I have one goal here, and that's to help you achieve your own version of financial freedom. So our work continues after this break. So get your questions in now at 888-99-CHART. On the next Invest Talk, an economic expert said to have a perfect record calling recessions thinks our current recession will be over by the end of 2020. That story tomorrow. And now, Justin Klein is here. He's got unbiased answers, but you've got to call with your questions. Call InvestTalk, 888-99-CHART. Hey guys, Christian from Oklahoma, calling to ask about UPS. I've been looking at it and wondering if I should go ahead and buy up on some stocks, hoping to see 106 within the next two weeks because earnings is on the 28th. Thanks. Bye. All right. It's looking at UPS, United Parcel Service, and I think everybody knows who UPS is. The issue here is I, I know you may be thinking, oh, well, people are ordering online, so people are going to ship things more and they're going to get more demand because of it. Well, that's certainly true in some senses, but they ship a lot of types of products, not just products ordered online, right? So B2B shipments, for example. Uh, they're one of the largest truckers uh, in, in the world. So they have exposure all over the US economy, and technically they are very, very weak. Their relative strength is about 54, which is about average, but uh, the, the chart is below all the major moving averages and looks very, very poor. Uh, they came out with earnings, revenue, or revenues are still at 5%, but earnings were down 17%. Uh, there, there are additional protocols and costs surrounding keeping uh, the workers and uh, shipments sanitary. Uh, and if that's going to weigh on them. So uh, I would pass on UPS. Uh, I think it'll be a good company to own on the other side of this financial crisis, this, this recession, but certainly not at the moment. So uh, I would keep it on your watch list and it needs to be, and I'll give you, let me give you a target on this. Quick target. $75. $75 right now we're at 92. That's where I would think about buying it and uh, if we're still in a deep recession I might even wait a little longer. So uh, until $75 I wouldn't even think about it. 888.99 chart, 888.992-4278. Let's touch lastly on ultra low yields and how that's likely going to uh, impact your retirement planning. Now the Fed is going to be pushing yields as low as possible. It's really what their uh, their plan is at this point, right? Maybe it goes negative. The futures market is actually pricing in negative yields for treasuries or for the Fed funds rate later this year. 
Now, Jerome Powell said they don't want to go negative. They'll probably just do more QE, monetizing the debt, which is kind of what they're doing now. Uh, but these low interest rates are going to weigh on returns for portfolios, especially those with fixed income, for some time. Now, one of the biggest ways that you can make up for that is by delaying Social Security. Why is that? Well, every year that you wait from the age of 62 to 70 to collect Social Security, you get an 8% annual return. And it is nearly impossible to get an 8% annual return with mortgage bonds. Right? So you definitely want to consider uh, waiting as long as possible on Social Security. That's a kind of a given. Also, refinancing, but also paying down your mortgage. Remember, Anything you don't, every time you pay a little bit more in your mortgage or reduce the level of interest that you're paying, you're guaranteeing that particular return. So you definitely want to try to avoid as much interest as possible on that mortgage. And then lastly is withdrawal rate. Everyone thinks is the 4% is that withdrawal rate. Well. It used to be that because you could earn 4 or 5% very easily, very safely in U.S. Treasuries. And you weren't touching your principal. Now you probably want to think about closer to the 2 or 3% level for your withdrawal rate. So think about that when you are trying to target amount for amount for retirement. You probably want to look at your annual expenses or needs above Social Security and then multiply that by 55 zero. And then that should be your goal for retirement dollars in order to retire. I'm Justin Klein. This completes another Invest Talk program. I will return on Monday. Steve Pizzo will be here tomorrow with excerpts from the newest KPP Premium newsletter. And please remember to download our April bonus show podcast. It's called the Invest Talk Rapid Fire Hour. It is free. Please tell your friends about Invest Talk. Good night. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual's, and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is president and Justin Klein chief executive officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listener line at 888-99-CHART.